Overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He's five to ten. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in the number one. Let's hear from inside East Carolina on the campus of East Carolina here in Greenville, North Carolina. Joining me as always, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Brow Review Day on. Dunlap off the heels of yet another Houston Cougars victory, this time improving them to 27-2 and two overall, 15-1 and one in the American Athletic Conference. And there's no share in none of that, officially clinching the outright championship for the American Athletic Conference Championship. The 2022-23 regular season American Athletic Conference champions are the Houston Cougars. And we have a lot to get into that honestly does not even involve this East Carolina game. It involves the big picture looking ahead. But, of course, Chris, Dayon, how are you two doing here on this episode of Let's Rich Cougs presented by the Saxonian family? Doing great, man. Cougs won. Cougs at conference champions. Purdue lost. We know the Cougs going to play Friday at noon on March 10th for the first game that Friday of the tournament. It's a good day to be a Coug, man. Well, it's always a good day to be a Coug. Today. Yeah, I'm good as well, man. Coach look good. All right, champs. Andy, I got to oh. ask you real quick, man. Is that the hoodie you're wearing right there? No, it's not. I had to. I had to switch it up. It's not the hoodie. I have it. I have it in the hotel, but I will be creating commercial soon. Shooting with the official Let's Rage Coops hoodie. Let's Rage Coops merch, which. Of course, Chris, you know that we need to plug in our line, but we'll do so a little bit later because obviously oh, I, we need I to get ready. into it. I'm ready. <laughs> Just let me know. <laughs> but real quick, let's let's talk about this game. Let's talk about Houston, East Carolina. We'll plug later, sorry, Chris. But when it comes to the Cougars, 76-57 victory over East Carolina, of course, that's the, the, that's the stats, that's the details. But that's not what we really want to get into because there's a lot of stuff that said post game, in particular in regards to Calvin Sampson and what he had to say about potentially, you know, there's been speculate and it, it, it's not even speculating. There's always speculation outside noise that honestly we don't know where it comes from. It just always creeps up, especially when a prominent head coaching position is open. I think Calvin Sampson put the final nail in any of that talk today and. We'll get into that clip, but I'm going to toss it over to you guys. What do you guys want to talk about first in regards to Houston clinching the regular season title or just jump straight into the clip? Jump straight into the clip. Let's do it. No shade, EC. Yo, and I know you want your guys yeah. to feel rewarded when they accomplish something. Mm-hmm. You win an outright conference title. I know there are huge goals for this yeah. program. How do you want your players to feel about what they accomplished? Awesome. I, I, they should feel it. I mean, it's uh, – we just played um, – our fourth game in 10 days. Um, it's been a long season. I mean, it really is. Uh, um, you know, we've been going through this league for nine years, and um, you know, every, everywhere we go, it's a packed house. I was really, really proud of um, uh, Coach Schwartz and East Carolina tonight. Um, you know, they, they, they came out, and that's uh, – Obviously, the best crowd we've ever seen here, but they were good. I mean, they were 
They ran to it. Uh, they wouldn't let their kids die. Uh, Michael's going to coach him up. He's going to do a great job here. When I saw that they had uh, hired him, of course, I was a Joe Dooley fan, too. But when I saw that they hired uh, Michael, I said, good for them. It's a great hire. He's a good coach, good man. His kids are going to play hard. Um, he'll do well. But proud of my guys. I mean, we played 10 road games this year at Oregon, at Virginia, all over this league. We're 10-0. You know, it's hard, to, it's hard to be undefeated on the road. It's hard to win on the road and for us to be uh, – 10-0 uh, with this bunch, especially when you consider we lost four starters from last year's team. A um, bunch of freshmen, um, but you know, our kids uh, think this is our what is our fourth championship in five years or something like that. So we've we've been we've been at this a long time. Um, our um, our kids know how to win. I say that a lot, but you know. Um, you know, we've, we've uh, figured out how to play our system, be unselfish. Um, so happy for our uh, kids uh, to be rewarded with uh, winning a conference championship. That's not, that's not easy to do. And coach, on the topic of kind of being able to establish, like your, your kids know how to win as a part of the identity. One of the other things that goes with the culture is the defense. What did you guys what did you personally think about the team's defense, especially in the first half, where I know you guys got into the foster with East Carolina pretty early to score from the team? Yeah. I mean, I'm not into breaking that down. I mean, win the conference championship, man. You know, um, our defense was good at times, and at times East Carolina's offense was good. You know, they, they did a good job offensively in the second half. Um, we couldn't keep them off the free throw line. <clears throat> Obviously, we don't know whether we're on foot or horse pack playing a zone. We don't even know how to play a zone. I put them in zone, and I said, well, God, you, can, you guys, all you can do is foul them. I said, well, shit, we can foul them in the zone. So just go zone. At least they'll pass it three times before we foul them. So, uh, but, you know, um, not going to overevaluate that. We've played 29 games. We're 27 and two, you know, um, we need some rest. You know, this has been a tough stretch for us. You know, we we played at SMU, uh, came home, played Memphis, um, Tulane at East Carolina, all in 10 days. So, um, you know, a lot of things tonight we didn't do very good. A lot of things we did good, but I'm not going to sit here and analyze it. Yeah, I, I don't get to go back to Pembroke very often. Um, you know, my wife and I uh, both graduated from Pembroke Senior High School. She's on the board of trustees at UNC Pembroke. Um, and yes, I married up. There's someone way smarter than me. <laughs> but, um, you know, we left there and I graduated from, um, uh, when I graduated, it was Pembroke State. And then uh, I went and finished my master's degree and worked on my PhD at uh, Michigan State University. And then from there, we just kind of um, found our way around the country and the world. You know, Pembroke, East Lansing, Michigan, uh, Butte, Montana, Pullman, Washington, Norman, Oklahoma, Bloomington, Indiana. Um, where at next? Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Houston, Texas. And this this will be my last stop. I don't, I don't know how much longer I have left, but uh, it's been a blessing. And um
my, my heroes have always been my mom and dad. My dad was inducted to the North Carolina High School Coaches Hall of Fame in Chapel Hill in uh, early 2000s. Um, my mom was an RN, she's the Director of Health Services at the university. Um, so having great parents for all of us, and I know you guys that have great parents know what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not special or unique in this, in this way. But um, growing up in a community like Pembroke, you're kind of raised by everybody. Um, I, don't, I don't know everybody like I used to. Um, of course, I, I haven't lived there since 1978. But um, I've, always, I've always taken pride in being from there. I've always taken pride in, in graduating from UNC Pembroke. I mean, that, it was a, it's a great school. But it's also a testament that you, it doesn't matter where you go to school. You can be whatever you want to be. It's up to you. you. You choose that. Schools don't graduate. You graduate. You know, it's like our kids that come to University of Houston. We have a great school. But I tell kids in recruiting, choose a coaching staff. Don't choose a school. So there you had it. Head coach Kelvin Sampson got into a lot of things, but the biggest thing there towards the latter middle portion of the clip that U of H will be his last stop. Now, Chris, your initial reactions to hear that and just overall the comments that he had to say about once again, these kids know how to how to win is something that he said after Houston finished at, at share after regular season championship on Wednesday after they beat Tulane. Now that they're outright champions, he, he once again said it. Technically, correct me if I'm wrong, he said Houston would be his last stop, right? Yeah, he did say Houston. He, he didn't say University, University of Houston. He said Houston. So, Rocket fans, you still have hope. But I'm going to pour cold water on that hope. Coach Sampson's not going back to the pros. He'll be at the Houston Cougars until he decides to retire. It's one way of looking at it. Yeah, uh, I think his contract, what it says, is set up for him to retire at Houston and his son to be the coach in waiting. So that's kind of submitting, you know, where, you, where your home is going to be. Like, eventually, you know, he wants to see his son following his footsteps, be the head coach of Houston. And I'm sure after he win the championship, get a statue outside of Houston. And so um, I'm not surprised with that at all. Yeah, I, I, I do wonder if – you can knock on wood if you got wood at the house. If the Cougs win the championship this year, would he decide to retire after this season because he'd have the championship? Just something to put out there. I don't believe so. I don't know. I don't think so. And you want to know why? Because I think there'd be a competitive. Yeah, there'd be that competitive aspect where, again, going back to what we said after Wednesday's game against Tulane, where we kind of got to see Really, if, if you look at it from a car analogy, if you pop the hood, you kind of got to see the wiring in Kelvin Sampson's brain when it comes to how competitive he is. I, there's a part of it that, yeah, the Big 12 challenge, I think there should just be a part of it where he would want to defend <laughs> his national oh, championship. If, uh, if it were to, obviously, we're, we're getting too far ahead, but if that were to happen. And I, I think he's also a, the competitor he is. He'd like to win in the Big 12. To, he's coach. He says it sometimes, but off record coach gets a kick out of shutting haters up okay so if he won in the big 12 he could really say to all the now what you got to say <laughs> you know you said we couldn't do this we couldn't do that well we just won the big 12 case closed 
And not only that, you take into the aspect of his son, who's going to be the head coach in waiting, just leaving him his first year in the Big 12. I think it would be a smoother transition for Coach Sampson to lead the program in a conference he's used to. And like Chris said, and you guys said, prove what that he can win and do all the things that we expect for him to do this year and um, have that transition a little more easier versus winning like we're talking about this year and then retiring. So I don't think so. I think he he, he has more time to go. And I think he's focused on this year. Uh, I got high hopes. I think and, we, we do have high hopes. Excuse me, Andy, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. What I was going to say, at the end of the day, it puts an end to – and, again, you can't really put much stock in it, but every time there's a coaching opening, in particular, I'm referencing that school in, in orange, burnt orange at that, uh, by the way, <laughs> October 21, that Rage Cougs will, will still be there when it comes to Red Bull. When the football team goes up there, or not even goes up there, goes to TDCU Stadium and beats Texas. But I, uh, I digress from that point. But it kind of puts an end to it. I think for the longest, and Chris, you know, Dayon, you know, we always kind of, we ever thought hard for Kelvin to leave the Cougars for another college program. It didn't really make sense, especially just hearing him talk every every time he, he mentions how whenever he first took over Houston, obviously where the status of the program was, and then when he spoke about it most recently in a Zoom last week where he said it, it took him a while he didn't he wasn't necessarily it took him a while to ca- kind of jump two feet into being the head coach at the Houston Covers and taking over the program and you know he said once he put two feet in he was bought in he was all in and and again the resurgence and it kind of connects it and out of all the places where Houston could have clinched the regular season championship it what a coincidence that it was in North Carolina of all states and you're kind of to have a, a behind the scenes peek behind the curtain here. Yeah. Chris down, you guys know usually when the Cougars are on the road and they finish a game, they are fast. Like they are trying to get out as soon as possible to get back into Houston. But today it, it was different. Kelvin, I don't know how many different people there were here that they came um, to support Kelvin Sampson, the Houston Cougars, and there was a, a a swarm of people. They were just waiting. As soon as Kelvin finished his post game news conference in the East Carolina room, he was out here. But he came back out on the court, and there was a lot of people. And he waited to meet every single one of those people. And he, it wasn't just you know take a photo opportunity or sign something. He was having conversations with them. He was speaking with them. He was taking the time to just again being able to to take time out of their day they came out here in support and and kind of connecting with them and giving it back he left literally five minutes before we went on air which over an hour after the game had ended that's not how things usually go and again it kind of brings it full circle with the importance that just North Carolina has but again to to go back to those comments just kind of full circle of where his career is he you know he's home in front of friends and family so I think Clinching the, the title, the, the conference championship at home is extra special for him. Coach Sampson is a, is a huge family person. You know, he loves his family. You know, we can look at the program and see how important family family is to him. So I, I'm not surprised at all. I'm, I know you're not surprised, but to have so many people that he knows and family come see him and support him and remembers him through tough times and stuck with him, 
So him taking time after the game to speak with them and touch base with them and reconnect with some of them is a testament to who he is as a person. So we're doing a great job of talking about the program of Coach Sampson. At some point, we're going to talk about the win, but the game was never in doubt. <laughs> I mean, the, the biggest doubt down, Andy, fans, was when Marcus Sasser rolled his ankle. You know, what, what people thought about that. But, you know, when I rewound it and saw it, I said, oh, he just rolled his ankle. I wasn't too concerned, even when he got, was helped out the floor because he was putting weight on his ankle as he walked to the locker room. So, yeah, you, Andy. That's uh, what I was going to say real quickly before we kind of segue and talk a little bit more about specifics of that East Carolina game. You're right, Chris. That's really kind of <laughs> the big event that happened in the game it was Marcus Sasser turning his ankle. But, of course, we'd like to thank everybody that's watching us live on the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel. This is Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family with all three of us at different locations, I might add. This is Let's Rage Coops, the unofficial Houston postgame show of men's basketball and football as we only have two regular seasons left we regular season games left and going into the conference tournament into the ncaa tournament we can't say thank you enough for all of you guys that have supported us throughout the entire season even going back to the football season september 3rd i believe was the first ever let's reach we did this season in the calendar 2022-23 year for houston so obviously special thanks to all of you guys, and of course, we couldn't do it without our partners, beginning with the Saxonian family, that with the Saxonian family, which is the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cougs, that will be the primary sponsor for the remainder of the season, going into the conference tournament and into the NCAA tournament as well. And of course, our other partner for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs, Star Pizza. They are Houston's best pizza since 1976, with multiple locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit them at Star Pizza. Net, where not only you can check out their menu online, but you can also order. So you can just stop and go if you're in the on the way home. And of course, we also like to say thank you to H O U N I L. And we're going to toss it over to Javier Francis and his message on H O U N I L. Hi, my name is Javier Francis, and I'm partnering with H O U N I L. We need the fans to go to HOUNIL.com to subscribe to our player credit content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps us players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's HOUNIL.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs. H-O-U-N-I-L.com. If you're interested in subscribing to player-created content, be sure to visit them at H-O-U-N-I-L.com with subscriptions starting at just $20 a month. On that note, of course, there was a basketball game played here in Greenville, North Carolina. And Chris, like you said, there wasn't really much doubt from the beginning. It, if you look at it from start to finish, you could tell it, it, Houston was just the superior team in any way, shape, or form that you look at it and in particular it was just too much too much talent on the floor and in Kelvin's club you couldn't hear it can't remember you heard but he said in his news conference where Tremont Mark was the best player in today's game against East Carolina but real quick before we focus on Mark I do want to focus on Marcus and like you said that's turned ankle that he suffered towards the 13 minute mark in the first half where for those two minutes I know Chris you said you went back and you saw that it was just a rolled ankle and it kind of you know 
when it came to, to where you weren't so much worried about it. But initially when it happened here on the court, you could tell, you could see the pain in Marcus Sasser's face. Uh, Calvin Sampson went up to check on Sasser, John Houston and Alan Bishop, both of whom are on the staff on the Houston Cougars. They had to help him into the locker room. Now it turned out that he just went toward the back to be able to get retaped with John Houston. He was back two minutes later, but yeah, that was the biggest area for concern for those two minutes. Houston Cougar fans were kind of maybe not having flashbacks, but they were certainly worrying about Marcus Sasser. Obviously, of course, what happened last season with uh, the senior guard. Yeah, I wasn't worried that he injured his foot again. I was concerned that he hurt his knee. That was my concern. But when I rewound it and realized he just really rolled, turned the ankle, I was I was like, okay, you know, if it's it's a week or so, so be it. But uh, then John Houston is just a, a medicine man. <laughs> so he does what he does, retape the ankle and, and sprinkle some John Houston dust on it. And Marcus came back in the game. So there we go. Yeah, and he played well tonight. I, I think he looked really good. I think when I was watching the game, it stood out to me, of course, is the, the level of intensity they play with on the defensive end. And one thing I was watching and thinking about it, when I watch other teams, you often see times where someone has a defensive lapse and they'd be like, my bad, my bad. You rarely see Houston do that, especially on defense. If it happens, it'll happen on offense. But on defense, they're locked in and they're in sync in unison. And, and that's one thing that really stood out to me. Every play, that every pass that they had, every everything Houston was there just on defense, making it tough for them. And, and that's kind of been consistent throughout the whole year. And, like, no matter who's having a really good offensive game, the defense is what is why Houston has the record that they have. It's because of the defense. And tonight it came out, and they were just on lockdown, just locking everything. They were just on everything. <laughs> Nothing worked for East Carolina to start the game. No, and that defense, it was suffocating. And I think the, I tweeted this out kind of verbatim. I said, the stat of the night, at halftime, East Carolina had three made field goals. They went Man. over 10, 10 minutes and 50 sec, 56 seconds of game action where they did not score a single field goal to end the first half going into halftime. And only three made field goals going into halftime. Houston had five blocks. They had more blocks than ECU had field goals. And really what kept the Pirates – within I can't, not striking distance within a respectable range uh, from a score standpoint was the foul trouble that the Houston Cougars were in and, and really the tight whistle that the officials were calling, which even in the second half, when East Carolina finally broke the drought, I think Houston opened the second half on a 12, three run that built a 23 point lead. And then after that, it kind of got, maybe not got away, but the defense kind of started to, to see more, more slip ups, but, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, Dan, it seemed like there was just a different speed, and it didn't matter top to bottom. It was Emmanuel Sharp had a great block on a on a fast break where it seemed like East Carolina was going to have a layup opportunity. Jamal Shedd was active in the passing lines. Marcus Sasser transition, like you said, you rolled his ankle. You couldn't tell by whenever you start seeing him run in transition after that. He was just flying all over the place, and he had once again it does it at least once a game now when it comes to the signature yeah. Euro step, but. Jarris Walker was active in the passing lanes and being able to contest shots. Jawan Roberts got it going, in, especially in the second half when he started tracking down rebounds. Offensive rebounds were kind of – I don't think you can see it from, from Houston maybe not missing as much, but it kind of flipped the switch in the second half when it came to Houston being able to offensive rebound the ball, and particularly Jawan Roberts, who had seven, I believe, at the end of the game. 
I mean, ECU shot 50%, 52% in the second half and still lost the second half. <laughs> I mean, the Cougs outscored them 40-38 in the second half. So, yeah, kind of followed up a dismal three for 25 first half, shot better in the second half, and still lost the second half. So, I mean, the Cougs are just a better team, more talented. Salute to ECU for, for not giving up, not rolling over and quitting. And salute to the crowd. The crowd was spectacular for <laughs> for the first five minutes or so when it was a close game. They were loud. And even when Houston built up the lead, it, there was still energy. When when East Carolina went on a run and cut it to 16, it was, it was loud. Like, this is probably one of the best atmospheres across uh, for road games this season that Houston has had to play in. Like, honestly. Another thing I was thinking about in regards to how the referees are calling it tight, Houston has been in foul trouble, like J1, recently, who we think about a lot. They got to watch that because I was thinking about against Villanova. I mean, Andy was sitting right there and how tight they were calling it. And so Houston, that's something that can plague Houston going forward. But they do have the depth, although it's young depth who players can, but I think in any given game, Houston has to be mindful of the referees and how they're calling the game and adjust it because it, it can affect Houston with how hard they play on defense because oftentimes they make contact. Not all contact in basketball is a foul, but it's up to discretion of the, of the ref. But, man, Houston looked good. Charmond, he had he was the best player out there for Houston tonight. I, I agree with Coach Samson when he said that because it, he just put on full display his offensive arsenal. I think early he knocked down a couple threes, and then he started showing his playmaking ability, and which just adds to his offensive arsenal because he can score on all three levels with a three, the mid-range, and he can get inside and get into his floater game. And so – and then once he he got into his bag, he just started making more plays, and he was really comfortable. The coach Samson started running offense through him. He started handling the ball and bringing the ball up and like and playing him a lot in pick and roll. And so, I, I think if he can continue being efficient like he's been of recent, along with what Jamal and Marcus and everyone's going to bring you uh, consistently on any given night, I mean Houston is peaking for sure. I, th- I think one thing defensively since January, the team is going for more pump fakes than they did yeah. in, in non-conference. Especially when it comes to yeah. closing out. Even on closing out, sometimes they'll fly by. You know, Juan, Jairus, Terrence, Emmanuel, they got to, they gotta, you know, cut that out because if you are out of position, you're off balance, then you start reaching with your hands. You make it easy for ref to call a foul there if you go for the pump fake. So that's you know it, it's an important thing to to correct. We saw the zone defense was not good. The lack of communication down the stretch for in the zone, they don't do it. They don't play zone a lot. So which is yeah. something that you know Apollo kind of points out. Yeah, that was that was an issue, not a concern, is an issue. And also, I think the guys are tired. This is the third game this week for the mm-hmm. team this week and defense you know down the stretch the game was the game was never in doubt in the second half you know ECU was shooting the ball better but the game wasn't in doubt so I think they were tired and got a little bored on defense as well <laughs> so that won't be that won't be an issue it should not be an issue come tournament and postseason play Jesus, the time. go ahead Dan 
Nah, I was agreeing with what Chris was saying. Only if it's a blowout. Like, yeah, it got like that towards the end because the game was out of hand. <laughs> and yeah. so, yeah, no, nah, I was just agreeing with what Chris was saying. Well, yeah. To add on to your point, Dan, that you mentioned about potential foul trouble, like you said, not all contact is a foul, but it's at the discretion of the officials. And it's something that, that Calvin Sampson in the past has said he prefers to, for his teams to be more aggressive and them having to have to dial it back, which is something that at times I think, oh, Dan, it seemed like you froze there for a second. At times, like going back to that Villanova game, in particular, and even the Memphis second half, where there's literally, it seems like there's foul stoppages at every every possession, and uh, that could be something to keep an eye on going down the stretch. And Jamal Shedd cannot get in foul trouble, early foul trouble, because it, dis- it disrupts the rotation. I have no, no worries about Jamal running the offense, leading the offense, but Jamal, he's the floor, floor leader. Floor leader. He's ahead of the snake. Some of his fouls, he's aggressive, too aggressive. And, you know, refs, depending on how they call the game, Jamal's got to adjust to that. You know, do a better job of adjusting to that. The four fouls tonight, like, you know, like I said, today's tonight, this game was never in doubt. Andy, I don't know what the spread was in the game. Did the Coos cover? I, I don't know. But it was never in doubt. But little bits and pieces here to correct and fix in the video room going forward for senior night on Thursday. No worries at all. I did want to point out the the Merrick's comments. Tremont obviously been playing great defense all season long. He's also been the best rebounding guard with Sharp being a close second. That rebounding is something that it, it it's evident. You can tell these again something that we mentioned throughout previous shows. It's kind of become a night in night out basis where you expect him to get at least five six rebounds today. He had nine. All of them were defensive rebounds, which especially early on in the season, defensive rebounding was a bit of a struggle for Houston. And that's big, being able to finish closed defensive possessions by getting those defensive boards. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the early in the season, and Houston every year has a guard who rebounds well, and I expected it to be Tremont, and it has been him. And so to um, that comment, I mean, they're exactly right. He's been rebounding the ball well all year, but I think – I mean, the only thing with Tremont all year, he hasn't really been shooting as efficient, I'm sure, as he would like. Other than that, he's been consistent with his defense and his rebounding and, and pretty much with everything else. But he's been – his shot is falling and just hasn't been efficient. But I think it, it can only go – I think he's kind of in a slump, I think. And, and it looks like to me him and Marcus right now are – really at their peaks and being in a really, really good rhythm. I, I think early on in the year, just as a team, they were still kind of gelling together and figuring everything out. But I think right now they just know where each other wants the ball. They can feel who has the, the, the rhythm for that game, who has it going, they'll get it to them. And so the team is just so unselfish. And I, I think Marcus is, is really, really, really looking like he's really the leaders on the run right now, the way he's playing. Also, I, I think Tremont is healthier now. I think the thigh issue he was having earlier in the season right. is no longer an issue. And keep in mind, when the Cougs lost to Alabama, Tremont fouled out with eight minutes to go. And the Cougs were doing, were doing a great job until he fouled out. And the offense mm-hmm. kind of bogged down without him. So he's important. We all know that. He, he's important because he can facilitate. He takes pressure off of Jamal and Marcus sometimes to lead the offense. So He's viable on offense and defense. 
Well, talking about Tremont Mark, we'll hear from Tremont Mark on the other side of this break. But first, we'd like to remind everybody that they are watching Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxonian family. The Saxonian family is the primary sponsor of Let's Rage Cooks for the remainder of these. Well, I say remainder of the regular season. There's only two games left. There's only one week of the regular season. By this time next week, the regular season will have been over. It'll be all eyes towards the conference tournament. And then, of course, the big dance tournament, the NCAA tournament, because this upcoming week, it's March. It's March already. We're almost to March, Chris and Dan, which is the most exciting time of the year. But, of course, we couldn't say thank you enough to the Saxonian family for being the primary sponsor and a big supporter of Let's Rage Cougs for the entire men's basketball season. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our other partners, beginning with Star Pizza. Uh, Star Pizza is Houston's best pizza since 1976 with various locations across the Houston area. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net where not only you can check out their menu, but you can also order online for easier pickup. And of course, H-O-U-N-I-L. H-O-U-N-I-L is really Houston player-led created content and says in the name it's name image and likeness and you can subscribe for starting at just twenty dollars a month and you can hear content from players from video essays articles that they write and well you don't have to hear my word about it check out what javier francis had to say about h-o-u-n-i-l hi my name is javier francis and i'm partnering with h-o-u-n-i-l we need the fans to go to HOUNAL.com to subscribe to our player credit content. Supporting Cougar basketball helps its players stay among the top teams in the country. Once again, that's HOUNAL.com to subscribe. Thank you, and go Cougs. And last but not least, we also have Chris Drumroll. We have... Our own merch, if you haven't heard, if you haven't watched any of our old Let's Rage Cougs episode, we have the official merch line called the Let's Rage, really the Let's Rage line that was requested, I guess you could kind of say by popular popular demand, and that's the Let's Rage Cougs merch line so far to start we have two different lines beginning with the let's rage uh, line which is the one that i was wearing earlier today in the airport really coming into to into greenville it's a busy day i've been on a lot of flights today going from houston to charlotte charlotte to greenville it's a very very small airport but i was rocking my let's rage coops merch which comes in three different colors in any size that best fits you and it's Different lines as well. Like I said, that's the Let's Rage line. Of course, this the There Will Be Rage line as well. Both featuring Cougars that, of course, support the our alma mater in the Houston Cougars. Like I said, it comes in a t-shirt. It comes in a hoodie. And it comes in three different colors. And really, it's just to be able to show us our support for those of you that buy the shirts and really... Buy the shirts. We want to see them and see what it looks on you guys because we have a hashtag to go along with it too. Hashtag Let's Rage Merch because we want to see you guys rocking out your gear just like I was earlier today. If I can figure out how to work StreamYard, sometimes it'll be 
complicated <laughs> a little bit. But if you guys can see, I was rocking my Let's Rage merch at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, which I did not know until today. The NASCAR Hall of Fame was in Charlotte. I was rocking the Let's Rage merch all the way from Houston into North Carolina. I'll be rocking it back on the way back to Houston. So if you want to be like me and show off your Let's Rage merch, be sure to do so by going to www.bonfire.com slash store slash Let's Rage Coops shop. Chris, I know you have your hoodie as well, so I'm going to toss it over to you. No, I don't have a, I don't have a hoodie yet. I got the one oh, of the t-shirt. T-shirt. Right. t-shirt. Yeah, one of my classmates has, has the hoodie, so she's supporting us and the show all the way from the state of Washington. So we're national, man. It, it's, it's great for us, Let's Rage Coops. We've had a lot of success this season, and I think better things are still in the future for us. And especially if you guys are out at the Fertitta Center, or heck, even if you guys are in a conference tournament come the NCAA tournament time and you're rocking your Let's Rage merch, be sure to tag us. We want to see it. It's awesome to be able to see just really how this has grown and the support that you guys have shown. We want to be able to show you guys off as well, so be sure to tag us in all your social posts, and if you haven't gotten Let's Rage merch yet, be sure to do so because it really helps us out. And it's some pretty cool merch. But enough of our self-plugs. We'll toss it over to Tremont Mark and what he had to say following Houston's victory over East Carolina and really on clinching the American Athletic Conference regular season title. He, he wants you guys to feel rewarded about winning another conference title, making it outright. I know you have bigger goals. How proud are you to get that done tonight? I'm proud for myself and the team. Uh, you know, all the hard work we put in leading to this point. It's a great feeling to have, you know, great step going into the next stretch of our season. So it's just a good feeling to have, you know, we, we clinched the conference ter- uh, championship. It's not just your production tonight. You look to be particularly aggressive, uh, assertive, very confident. What, what, what kind of led to that and what do you think about your production tonight? I just think, you know, come, how I prepared coming into the game, just previous practices and leading up to this game, it, it, was, it was bound to come for me. Just being aggressive, like you said, assertive. I think I did a good job of that tonight. Uh, just our preparation, you know, we prepare, we prepare the same as we do at home, but, you know, on the road, it's just a different feeling, you know, you, the, the crowd gets involved, so, you know, I think that hypes us up, you know, the opponent's crowd hypes us up as just as much as our own crowd does, you know, we just want to play, play, play good, play hard, just like we did tonight, and I think that's why we're undefeated on the road. Tremont, the official UH Twitter account, they waited until today to post you guys celebrating that you, you clinched a regular season title. I know you guys had the share on Wednesday, but did, did that you guys had to wait until you were like the outright champions that you knew like there's going to be, you guys are going to be sharing that regular season champion. Yeah, you know, we had, you know, so it was, it's just a great feeling to have, you know, knowing what we got it by ourselves. You know, we don't got to share it with nobody. Like we did my first meal, we had to share it with, I think, Wichita. But, you yeah, know, we we got it. We did it. We all the hard work we put in. It's it's a great it's a great feeling. So kind of with two games left, now that you guys have kind of really that first checklist on your belts, mm-hmm. what's kind of the mentality going into these last two regular season games? Uh, the, the same mentality we've been had. You know, we want to win every single game. You know, we don't want to lose one game at all. So just going forward, the same mentality we've been had, same preparation we did, preparing the same how we do, practice the same. 
just doing everything the same, and we should we should be good going into the next part of our season. Last question for me, but in terms of Marcus, obviously Rose's ankle goes down, comes back a few minutes later. What did that do to you guys to be able to see that he was okay? And, I mean, he was, like, right back on the floor, and it seemed like it was really bothering him after. I was just happy he was good, you know, coming back into the – he came back and got, like, two straight books, so I knew he was good. So, yeah. <laughs> Javon, I know you guys have the same mentality. We, we see it all the time. But can, can you sense that the finish line is in sight here, that, that, that you guys are, are playing – soon for, for much higher stakes? Oh, yes, definitely. Everybody on the team knows that, the, from the players to the staff to the manager. So, you know, we're we going to definitely tune it up. So we're going to definitely tune it up. But as of right now, we're going we gonna to celebrate right now. Good deal. <laughs> yes, sir. So once again, that was Houston Cougars guard Tremont Mark touching on a lot of different things. To me, what stood out to me is the, the mentality. It's it's not going to change for them, and I don't really think even if they wanted to. It's, it's hard when you're wired as an athlete like they are and and going back to the top, which it starts with Kelvin Sampson, they're not going to let go of the gas, and certainly not anytime soon. But really, it's the time when they need to start gearing up. But he touched on a lot of different things. What stood out to you guys? They're going to try to win all the games they play. <laughs> I mean, they have, I think, up to 11 games left in this season. Two regular season, three in the conference tournament, and then six in the NCAA tournament. They're going to try to win all 11, and that includes that game to end the season in Memphis. It's going to be way more important to Memphis, both the rivalry, the Cougar culture, all those things. They're going to try to ruin Memphis's senior day in front of those fans. Trust and believe. Yeah, I think what we saw from Tremont and I, we, we, we can really expect a lot next season. I think we'll see Houston play through him even more. And because he's really a complete scorer, he's really like a bucket getter. And but he also really excels at playing in the pick and roll action because he can pass so well. And so, with with him already showing that he can be um, someone who can knock down the three and defend and rebound, I, I think it may be seeming to come in, in the tournament that he can put and have put a, a good display run of games like he had today and help carry Houston to the promised land. But Tremont is really developing as such a complete pair, just like all of Houston players normally do in their system. Um, I, I was really happy to see him have the game that he had tonight. And, you know, it was mentioned during the broadcast, and I think Coach Sampson told the announcers, which, you know, we've known this, but this team has probably six guys who could lead the team in scoring on any given night. Mm-hmm. So, I mm-hmm. mean, this team is balanced, and they're winning different ways, winning with offense, winning with defense. They're scoring and transition a little bit more. Sometimes they win with making free throws. I mean, they're winning with different ways. As long as they can stay healthy, they have a good chance to compete and win the national championship this year. And if they do that, I know someone mentioned another school in Texas. Imagine if that school offers Kellen. That'd be a that'd be something to think about. It, after we win the championship. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? That'd be because yeah. typically we when you win championships, they try to get those coaches off their staff. And he's already a good name and a proven coach. Well, that'd be something to think about. But I, I, mm, I would lean more toward Quanis White because he's older and he's been around longer as a coach 
and he's I mean he's very respected. You you know Dayon Andy with what yeah. he's done for the guards. But you think and, of Texas, they thinking names, and he has. Oh no, no yeah, with yeah. Texas, I, I don't I don't believe the Longhorns would would yeah. go with, with an unproven assistant coach. They really want a, a splashy guy. Yeah, but Quanis, he might be the, uh, this summer's Jerome Tank. You know, yeah, yeah. assistant for coach sure. for, for sure. a long time at a program. Let's see if no, we no, can, sure. if Quanis can be the one to give us the mm-hmm. the, the chain magic. You know, kind of and have instant success like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, who would be the biggest advocate for any of his assistant coaches and potentially being a head coach somewhere else? And it would be Calvin Sampson again. Kind of all ties back into Wednesday's a week ago Wednesday Zoom availability where he said he didn't he, his assistant coaches. He said. When they leave Houston, they're going to be ready to be head coaches at their own program because he gives he delegates. He gives them all responsibilities, really something that he picked up during his time in the NBA. And he always goes back to when he first just was an advisor with the San Antonio Spurs and he saw how Greg Popovich deferred to all his assistants. So if that were to happen, Kelvin would be the first to say be the biggest advocate for them to be able to take a head coaching gig elsewhere, whether it is a school as big as Texas or somewhere else. But in regards to, and Chris, like you said, that's, that's what stood out to me as well. Kind of the comment that King Jaja pointed out that I, I put on the screen and, and again, kind of going back to the pettiness of it, but you know, whether they put an emphasis on a conference tournament, Houston's going to the NCAA tournament regardless, but that last game at the FedEx forum, it, very well could be the final time that Houston plays Memphis a while. They probably, there's a good chance they meet in the conference tournament as well. But again, going back to the mentality of the team, it's not going to be something where they can just ease up. If anything, I would say the the remaining two games, it might, you might start to see more uh, playing from the younger guys. Not, not too much. I wouldn't be, it would be like load management if you want to compare it to the NBA. But what do you think about potentially integrating, say, Terrence Arsenal, JV, or Francis more into being able to allow them to play through mistakes in the next final two games of the regular season? No, I don't know. I think Houston is still keeping in sights with the seeding. I think they do want to be a number one overall seed and they don't want to drop no games or nothing to risk being the highest seed that they can that they could achieve. And so I don't, I don't think that's in this. And I, also I think that it still can disrupt the rhythm and the flow of the team. We're kind of playing. I mean, it depends on how the game goes. Game is a game to game, but I, I don't foresee that. Another thing I was thinking about is Coach Samson, although he demands so much effort on the defensive end, offensively he gives his players so much freedom to, to, to really do what they do best. And if they have it going, then he'll feed them and feed them. So and I think that's why so many kids um, have success in his system and and scoring in the system because he had a lot of scores, and they all have kind of really relished because he gives them so uh, so much freedom on the offensive end. I think that just goes well into um, how great of a coach he is, and I think he's going to continue to get more and more talent because they they're going to see how he's developing and how much freedom they really have as long as they lock in on the defensive end. Yeah, that's Andy. I, I think Arsenal and Sharp could get more minutes if in Thursday's game if they do a good job on defense. <laughs> you know, Terrence had two fouls because he got out of position, and you saw a Coach talk to Terrence on the sideline about his second foul. So if if he does, if they if both of them do a better job defensively against Wichita State, they might get a few more minutes. But you know, I don't see them playing twenty five minutes. 
Thursday against Wichita State. Oh, no, for sure. You know, 15 to 18 maybe for each of them. Win the game. It's senior night. Don't want to, you know, have a a loss for your seniors. And then go to Memphis on Sunday and and ruin their senior day. Because the goal is to still win. They still want to win all their games. Dayon has a great point. The Cougs still want to win as much as possible to improve and ensure, enhance getting a, a number one seat. And, and I think going forward, I know people are kind of speculating if we'll play Houston, I mean, Memphis again. And you know how Coach Sampson mentions how hard it is for them to get games? Memphis is going to be a team that's willing to play Houston. Mm-hmm. And so I could foresee that matchup continuing, especially in the non-conference. I think it's possible for sure. You know, they Penny has much respect for for Coach Sam. Why one game? You know, so it, it could be at minimum, it could be a matchup in uh, Dickey's Arena in the, at neutral site in December. Could be doing, you know, could do that. Yeah. But as we start to reel things back here, as we kind of wind down again, the Houston Cougars. One thing we know for sure come. March 10th in the American Athletic Conference Tournament is that the Cougars will be playing on Friday in the noon slot, which is, it could be interesting. I don't think we've had, at least for this season, not counting football, I don't think we've ever had Let's Rage Cougs for the basketball season around 2-3. So we're going to be shifting times for Let's Rage Cougs come the conference tournament, but we know that they're going to be the number one overall seed in that conference tournament, of course, after the Houston Cougars clinch the American Athletic Conference regular season title. But really, when you look at, at, again, the point that you guys both brought up about not letting go of the gas in particular because of how important when it comes to the seeding aspects of it. And I know we mentioned how many teams lost. And there were there were a lot of upsets that happened across today uh, of college basketball. But the one team that didn't lose, again, and I think this is a team that's kind of starting to get hot and it's really kind of the team that's you're making a lot of noise when it comes to footsteps when you look at it from a Houston perspective it's got to be Kansas who beat West Virginia today on Saturday yeah they they did what they had to do to win West Virginia boy you down by two points and don't even get a shot off I mean come on Huggy really don't even get a chance to go off the rim and get a rebound or anything this not even get a shot off in the closing moments for West Virginia, the Jayhawks have not, they played better on the road in conference play than they have at home. They've had more struggles at home this year in the Big 12. But I know some folks are going to say all oh, the quad win, quad one wins, got like 15 now, all that kind of stuff, whatever. Purdue losing to Indiana helps. They've lost twice to Indiana now. Purdue's lost, what, four of their last five, four of their last six. Arizona losing helps. UCLA might be the team to jump Purdue, I think the Cougs, barring a, a loss March 10th in the first round of the conference tournament, is going to be a, a one seat. Mm-hmm. You know, with today's losses, they're pretty much locked into that, I think. Clearly, they got to beat Wichita State because that's, that's a home game. Beat them at Memphis won't be, won't be a bad loss in the eyes of committee. And win a first-round game in the tournament, I think they'll be good to go for one seed in the uh, NCAA tournament. On Selection Sunday. Yeah, and I was talking with someone about Kansas earlier, and, and I watched a number of their games. I just 
they just don't scare me and just comparing them and matching them up with Houston. None of their guards I can see um, having Houston having a problem with guarding them. None of them. I think Jalen mm. Wilson is a really good player, and he could it'd be he could probably be the, the biggest matchup problem. And so I would wonder who would guard him, but none of their guards from Harris to to Dick to um, um, McCullum transfer from Texas Tech. None of their guards scare me. None of them. <laughs> and so they're a good team collectively. I think this is one of Bill Self's best coaching jobs that he had because you think of the teams that he had, Kansas, he's normally had a dominant big man and an NBA guard or NBA forward. And on this team, maybe I think Grady Dick will be an NBA player, but he's still um, – he, he's not someone who – unguardable because you just force him off the three and force him to do other things. He can be guarded. I've seen him on different occasions. And he he's a lack of, uh, he's a liability on defense. Teams just attack him, attack him, attack him. And so I'm not I'm not scared of this Kansas team. Oh, I'm not scared of them at all. I just think that they have a chance to be another one seed. Other than that, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, yeah. Dewan, Dewan Harris, he is the, the star to their drink because we've seen him have nothing in the first half and Kansas struggles. And he plays well in the second half, and Kansas is better. But and I think down the stretch today, he had an injury and didn't finish the game. And and without him, Kansas offense against West Virginia's pressure defense, they had problems. You know, they had a lot of problems without him on the floor. So he's very important to them. Like all good teams with a good lead guard. You got to have your good lead guard to help you help the engine go. UCLA could be an issue, but not a concern. You Mick Cronin and Coach Sampson have much respect. Mutual respect from from a long time ago, but you know whatever, the coup's gonna could be have a chance to be a number one seed. And who would have thought that? Come you know way back when in October or September, well, certainly not when the you schedule. Know. If you would have heard people talking about how the non conference schedule looked, but yeah, I mean Kansas because they're in the Big Twelve, and because of the the best conference in basketball. If they beat Texas to close out the regular season and then wins the Big 12 Conference Championship, you know, there's a chance they could become the number one overall seed. Okay. So, then they'll be the number one in Kansas City. Cougs be number one in probably Las Vegas or, or whatever. You know, so what? They're still going to be in Birmingham for their first-round matchups for the Cougs. But the fact we're talking about that as a Cougs, as a, as a number one seed, with an outside shot, because Alabama, who knows how that's going to continue for the next few games for, for the Tide. The Cougs have a chance at being a number one overall seed. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's absurd. The program has come so far in just nine years. So it's just another salute to Coach Kelvin Sampson and the staff. Absolutely, and that's pretty much going to do it for today's or tonight's episode. Hashtag LRC After Dark. It's past midnight on the East Coast. It is getting close to 11.30 p.m. in the Central Time Zone. But once again, the final score from North Carolina, the Houston Cougars defeat East Carolina 76-57. to Marcus Sasser led all scores with 22 points. He also had five rebounds from on Marcus right there, right behind him with 20 points and nine rebounds. And Jawan Roberts had 17 points and 12 rebounds. That is his fifth double-double of the season. Deion, I'll toss it over to you first. Where can people find you on social media and any final takeaways of either Houston clinching the American Athletic Conference, we're going to see in championship East Carolina, or anything else looking ahead 
uh, for the Cougar schedule. You can follow me on all social media. It's like it shows on the bottom of the screen at Dayon Dunlap. Proud of Houston clinching the outright conference championships, leaving out the American as champions um, like they should have been. So congrats to this team. Like Jermon said, all the hard work they put in to earn that championship. I'm glad they did that outright. Now, it's kind of like everyone just itching for the tournament as myself. And this team is playing well. I think as all three guards continue to thrive, this team is really going to go because, you know, Jarrett's can go off at any given moment. And Jaywan has been dominant. So this team can beat you in a plethora of ways, but it all starts on the defensive end. Offensively, they're lethal because they have so many different players who can beat you by scoring the basketball. And tonight was a methodical win by Houston. They were the better team. They showed why they are the top team in the country. In spite of being folks in the American, they are still the top team in the country. Winning by 19 points. Outscoring a team in the second half who shot 50 plus percent. And they were still better than that team in the second half. So Jamal Mark is playing better on offense. Rebounding has been consistent for him lately. Marcus Sasser just rolled ankle, so that scare is lessened. He came back in the game and led the team in scoring. Juan Roberts, another solid game for him. This team is finding different ways to win ball games, and they're still getting better. I have a day or two off. Get ready for Wichita State on Thursday and senior night. I think that's at 6 p.m. start, so Correct. a little earlier for – Let's Rage Cougs win that one and, and on to the next. Follow me on Twitter at VHR Review, website HoustonRoundBarReview.com, Houston Roundbar Review on Instagram, and of course on YouTube as everybody's watching us on Let's Rage Cougs right now. Thank you again for your support and your comments, fans. We really do appreciate it. No, Chris, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's what I was going to highlight just in terms of, again, 11.30 p.m. on a Saturday night, the central time zone. If you look at it from a East Coast perspective, it's already Sunday morning. And like you said, there's a lot of engagement in the YouTube comments on the Houston Rob Review live stream, which, again, we can't say thank you enough. We also can't say thank you enough to our partners, beginning with the primary sponsor in the Saxinian family. This is Let's Rage Cooks presented by the Saxinian family. Of course, we also like to thank Star Pizza and HOUNIL for being sponsors on today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. My name is Andy Anas. You can follow me on Twitter at Anas underscore five. Of course, be sure to check out my work for gallerysports.com as uh, I continue to cover the Houston Cougars heading into Sunday morning. And again, I can't stress it enough. Tomorrow, I guess here on the East Coast, it's still the 25th for you guys. It's the 26th here, the 27th on Monday, the 28th Tuesday, and then it's March. It's officially March, the best time of the year when it comes to college basketball. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs. Day on, as always, you get the final word. Go Cougs. <laughs>